0: Hi, it's Rob Moore here and I'm with the lovely Leslie Sams. We are talking creativity into cash flow. So Leslie has a great show called Pure Talks and many people who follow me usually get hardcore business and entrepreneurship advice. But Leslie knows some secrets about me. Like I used to be an artist and some people have been saying to Leslie, why are you interviewing Rob Moore? Well, stay tuned because I think you might be surprised. Leslie, thank you for having me on your show. Welcome to my communities as well as yours. Let's talk um, turning creativity into cash flow. I am all yours.
1: Thank you so much, Rob. I am so, I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, As I I love it when you do that. (laughs) I'm super excited because you bring a completely fresh perspective to it. However, it's a perspective that's founded in a knowledge and an understanding of what creatives are because... You have 100%, percent you got 100%
0: at GCSE Yeah, so according to my tutors, and why would they say this if it wasn't true, um, I got 100% at GCSE. Uh, And when you get marked at GCSE, you only get A or A star or B or C. So I got A star, but they pulled me aside and said, you got 100%. We believe you to be the only person in the country that got 100%. And if you think about it, that stands to reason because art is very subjective. So how can you get 100 uh, percent? I mean, you know, maths is it's right or it's wrong. But art, it's I like it or I don't. Um, and so, yeah, I did. And a lot of people don't know that about me. Um, and I think that that sent me down a creative road and I, and I couldn't make any money out of it. But then when I became an entrepreneur and started to make money, My creative side came through my entrepreneurial ventures. And I actually think that being an entrepreneur is a very creative pursuit. So I think we have more in common. Us arty people and us commercial people, I think we have far more in common than we either admit. And I'm kind of the guy sat right in the middle.
1: Yeah, me too, because my background is completely business. So I was a risk analyst and then I was brands and marketing at Coca-Cola. So I know Peterborough very well because we had a lovely call center in Peterborough (laughs) for a while and I had to spend quite a few um, happy afternoons in the call center dealing with, uh, yeah, various, please send me a case of Coke because I'm unhappy, putting it in a cab and sending it off to people. So uh, yeah, I I came to art um, with that business background and I kind of set up Pure because I opened an art gallery And I realised that um, all the people that were coming in, all the artists that were coming in the gallery were really struggling with actually making a living. They'd asked me to sell their work, but actually it was more fundamental than that. It was like mindset issues and they weren't actually at art school, they weren't being told actually how to feed themselves, how to actually make enough money to feed themselves and pay their mortgage. And so I started pure really to start giving the resources. And I start I went and got NLP training and such like, and I did a master's degree in international event management and business so that I could help them properly feed themselves, basically, if we want to bring it down to the basic facts. And so I've been interviewing people over um, this period of the pandemic. Prior to that, I was doing this all kind of one-to-one and, you know, in, and I was sitting there in front of the artists in their studio and I was turning up and having a good chat with them and giving them advice. And my artists started doing really well. They started to actually make money. You know, when I'd say to them things like, you know, well, if you sell it for 800 quid, you're probably not gonna do well, but if you sell it for 10 grand, now, now we're talking, and you got a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback from the galleries when I was turning up going, no, I want you to put that up to 10 grand now. And those galleries love me now because not only are the artists making a really good living, these galleries are making a really good living. I was listening to you talking to Jordan Peterson. I really enjoyed that um, interview. And you were saying about this, um, the, uh, the creativity is critical to business success. So why do you think high creatives, these artists who are highly creative, they really have problems mastering their emotions and turning this into a viable financial future? Why do you think that is?
0: Well, there's a few things that are fundamental, like at art school, you're not taught sales and marketing. So when I was at university doing architecture, my um, tutor didn't have an architect's practice. So we're taught art and to be creative, but we're not taught the business of art. Absolutely. And that's, The business
1: of art. art. And that's that's it, isn't it? It's like make art your business.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you just want it to be a hobby, that's cool. Mm. Then draw and paint and create installations at your heart's content. But if you want to turn your passion into a profession, your, you know, your hobby into a career, then you need to learn some commercial realities of running a business. And that is Selling at a price that leaves you with a net profit margin so that you can reinvest into materials and have enough money left so that you can have a fair lifestyle. Pay for a a studio, whether you rent it or whether you own a studio or the great equipment that you might need as an artist. And that all costs money. And then, of course, you have to pay taxes, Uh, lots of taxes. So. I don't know, I can understand why when you start to learn about art, you're taught the the creative element, but there comes a point, maybe at GCSE, there should be a module or two, maybe at A level um, and beyond, but certainly at art school, when people are now like, are you gonna be an artist? Then what about sales and what about marketing? Uh, Generally speaking, really creative people who, in, who bleed their emotions into their work, you know, can be very just they can have emotional issues around selling and pricing and rejection of their work because, you know, they're opening their soul. And it's probably not why they did it, because if they were commercial, they might be in a different vocation, not as an artist. But, you know, some of the great artists like Warhol thought that business was also art and art was business. And, you know, Damien Hirst and Tracey Emin, they were not shy, whether it was through them or their agents, about charging five, ten million. They understood probably supply, demand, social commentary, introspection, getting people to question themselves, all these elements that make great art. And if I were going into art now, I'd study supply and demand, economics, sales, marketing, what makes art valuable. And then I would create art to um, meet that demand, expressing myself as opposed to just expressing myself. Because actually, if you think about it, art's selfish if you just express yourself, but you don't care for the viewer or the buyer. Whereas if you equally care for the viewer and the buyer, as you do for expressing yourself, I think that's even better art to make it commercial and creative. I think that's great art.
1: You said you created a lot of brown and white art when you were doing it, because that was what people wanted to pay for.
0: To go over the brown leather sofas and match their um, off-white paintwork. Yeah. And to be fair. I did the the, the arty political rage against the machine listener in me. Hated doing that. But I took the money because I needed to pay the mortgage, just like you said. And you're absolutely right about that. So would I do commissions to pay the bills so that then I could afford to do installations and really creative out there pieces? Yeah, because my art is my business. Mm. And that's selling out. That's selling in is a big difference.
1: I was just about to say, the, the great thing is that life is not a competition and there's no one right way or ro- one wrong way. That is a nuance. Um, it's not a linear thing because um, that's just dead, isn't it? It's a nuanced and everybody can do it in their own way. But if your intention, your conscious intention is to make money and feed yourself from this as your business, then you have to think about how you're going to do that intentionally and as you just said, you know, think about what people are wanting. So you, you mentioned marketing and business. And there's always this conversation about, in marketing, know your audience. Know your audience and make something for your audience, which is what you were just saying about making the, you know, the brown and white stuff to go behind your sofa. How do you think that that works in, um, with an artist who's making artwork, you know, emotionally, it's emotionally driven because Picasso, one of, I think arguably, the most successful artist businessmen ever, would have been a super influencer today on Instagram, I'm sure, I would have loved it, wouldn't he? I? I would have loved to have seen Picasso on Instagram, <laughs> it would have just been awesome. His estate was valued at something like 1.3 billion in today's money when he died. He, he got it. He got the, the nuance between making art that was great for him and then embracing the networking and the influencers. How do you think that works with regard to this in audience conception?
0: Well, in business, I think that the ideal venture is one where you get to express yourself through a clear vision and your own values, creating products and services and solutions that you feel inspired to create that are equally useful or solve problems to a marketplace. And either extreme is unsustainable. If I just go, well, this is the product and service that I want to sell you, buy it. Or else, and they don't want it, then I'm just a a starving artist with a business wraparound. Whereas if I just always pander and subordinate myself to doing everything that everyone wants, I'm subordinating myself and I'll never really truly express who I am. So, I mean, with art, you could argue you could get away with a bit more self-expression. But if no one buys it and no one wants it, you're just going to become more and more insane as an artist. So I still think it's wise to know what people want. To study other artists and and really for art. Apparently, what makes art the most valuable is something that gets people to self-reflect. I also think it's a supply and demand thing because all value, there's other factors like fair exchange and value exchange. But really, if something is in under supply and over-demand, its price will rise. And if it's in oversupply and under demand, its price will fall. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to balance creating work that's truly you and an expression of your own uniqueness and identity, but honouring the market. So if someone said to me as a commission, Rob, I want it to be brown and white to match my brown and white decor, that's their needs and desires. And then I say, fine, are you okay with me to create something unique for you through my own expression and it's brown and white? And they're like, yeah, well, we have a deal then, don't we? It's the colours they want and it's the look and feel that I want. That is great art. Great art is not selfish because art has to be enjoyed by other people. Mm. So yeah, no, do,
1: doing, a, yeah, doing a commission is an interest is an interesting concept. I've just been through this with um, one of our artists who was really resistant to um, actually taking on a commission because she was really concerned that she wasn't going to deliver something that the client was going to be happy with. And actually we went through the process and I'm now in a negotiation point with the client because she actually likes it. So I said to the artist, well, make three, make three then. And then she got a choice. Now we're in a negotiation because she likes all of them. So it's like, okay, we'll buy all three then.
0: So oh, that's really clever. I've just got to say that's really clever. I, never- I am quite clever. <laughs> oh, I don't mean it as in I'm surprised. I mean it as in it's clever because if you're a salesman, you give them three choices, and then you upsell them the other two.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's that. It is looking. It's playing. It's playing the odds. It's always playing the odds, isn't it? I, mean, whenever I have these conversations when I'm coaching and mentoring, it's like no one's a loser, are they? No. As long as you're you're making it out, so no one's a loser, and um, and you and you take them with them on take them with you on the journey, then mm. they're all in already. You've already done the no like and trust because they're already in. And now they've got options to actually upsell. Sorry, that's my Coca-Cola background. Can't.
0: That's happen. all right. It's, look, the,
1: it's the islands. I was always after the islands. Why do you
0: say sorry? We <laughs> let's, change the, let's change the dialogue right now between you and I right here. Artists do not need to be sorry about being commercial. They do no. not need to be. Uh, and the balance of commercial and creative, that sweet spot is where the most successful artists exist. Um, There's the big space called NFTs, non-fungible tokens right now. And there are creatives and artists minting digital art and they are being sold and auctioned and bid on for many hundreds of thousands of pounds. So if artists are commercially minded, where's the new technology? Embrace cryptocurrency. What's the new form of art? Oh, no, not just classic works and contemporary. What's beyond modern? What's digital? What's technological? and artists that embrace all of these different media uh, and the commercial and digital and technological elements, because really what what art is, I believe, is social commentary, Um, whether it's fine or contemporary or modern or whatever. So let's, let's make it okay to talk about the commercial elements of art. And, you know, my best art when I was an artist was where the um, materials cost me the most. So if you imagine you're a brilliant um, filmmaker, you might have cameras that cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. Just to make a set might cost you millions of pounds. And you can't be creative with a... Well, let me correct myself. You can be creative with a limited budget, but you can be more creative with a higher budget. Um, So um, probably my best piece of work was... Um, I, I just created these huge canvases all full of jelly babies. I stuck them on in regimented order and I hand varnished every one and stuck them on. I've got all these big pictures of all these stamps on canvases and I licked every single one. Um, and they, they were expensive. You know, and, 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 and so if I'm charging, like you said, 800 quid for a meter square canvas and that cost me a few hundred quid in materials and I'm making a small profit. Remember, you've got taxes and everything else to come off. You can't then invest in better art next time because you haven't got any margin.
1: Exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? I was talking to Andy Hurst, who's an arts conservator yesterday, and this is exactly what we were saying, is that it buy, always buy the best you can afford, because then you're going to get the best art, the best thing, whatever it is you're making, the best you can do. And also that's respectful to the people who are actually buying that. Because in the in this industry, obviously you have to give away 50% commission oftentimes to the galleries. I'm glad you hit on NFTs because I think NFTs is a massive, I think your book launching tomorrow opportunity, got that in there. <laughs> I've been listening to you this morning. Um, I think that's the opportunity for artists. And I started telling them about this a few months ago. And then, obviously, we've had the Beeple's thing, where he got $69 million at Christie's for his piece. And, and I'm like, I've been saying this to you. NFTs is the future. Because, and Paul and I, my husband were, and I, were having a conversation about this this morning. Because you, keep the, you can keep the original art and then make digital art from it. And this gives, and they are non fungible, so they are originals, that's what it means. And you can make more money from it, you're just going to learn how to do it now. Fortunately, Clubhouse, I love Clubhouse, I have. got a whole new load of friends in America, which has worked out really well for me, and they're all ahead of the game. So I've been working, um, talking to a trends um, analyst in Santa Monica, and she and I are gonna do a whole series of podcasts um, in April on NFTs. We're gonna do the whole like, what is it? How do you make it? How do you list it? How do you get the money out? what's a theory and what's a blockchain. So, yeah, watch out for that. Everyone who's on my channels and everyone who's on Rob's channels, please come over and watch (laughs) because I'm going to be doing this with a a lady called Claire Pinckney um, who's in Santa Monica and we're going to be talking about NFTs because I'm a bit of an idiot when it comes to NFTs. I don't really know what it's all about, but I'm going to work it out because it's the future and it's the future for my artists and it's the way that they can really make some serious cash and that's what I want them to do. I want them to make serious cash so they can pay me. Because I'm really bloody good at what I do. So I'd like to be paid properly. So, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, and we're also doing lives right through April, live from Artist Studio. So anyone who's interested in listening to process and materials and seeing artists working all over the world, come over. We're on Crowdcast. And um, link's in the Instagram bio. Sophie will kill me for this. So, Sophie, sorry, I'll get it right. Instagram, Linktree. You can register to be in the live audience there are. Don't tell me off sophie she's watching our facebook if we've got any questions if you've got any fa- uh, questions and you're watching this on live stream on facebook sophie's monitoring the facebook so she can bring the questions over and she'll message them to me so back on to rob because i want all the nuggets for the artists from rob because he is the man next question how can how do you see so you've got nfts how else do you think artists can leverage this new digital opportunity because obviously now everyone's got used to it it was like oh we can't work from home and i don't want to buy art you can't buy art on the internet that's what everyone was saying now everyone's over that and they can buy art on the internet what do you how do you think you're going to le- how do you think artists can leverage the digital opportunity now
0: well any artist who's not selling their work online it's 20 you know it's 2021 and beyond so you need to make sure that your full portfolio is online and you can sell and deliver online and take commissions and requests online um for sure because i guess a lot of artists still probably aren't beyond that i, I don't really know what i could say beyond nfts because nfts is essentially creating digital art so Anything else that creates digital art has got to be the the present and the future. But the good thing about NFTs that are minted is that you have the security of your original online. Whereas if you just put some image up, anyone could nick it left, right and center. So you, that's why I think the NFT space is quite exciting. It could end up being another trendy, faddy thing that maybe doesn't, you know, become... Long term, like there were all the initial coin offerings, the ICOs a few years ago, which you know many of them sort of disappeared. But I think if you get in early and you create a good piece of work that you're proud of anyway, then, yeah, you could have digital work online. I believe that you can get a royalty income from, you know, having an NFT. There's so many new creative things in cryptos. When I wrote my book Money and Did Research into Cryptos there was an artist who created her own crypto called bitch coin which is obviously a play on bitcoin and she was obviously a um, somewhat controversially you know maybe slightly Tracy Eminesque and she created her own currency called bitch coin you could create your own digital currency and have people buying your art through crypto currencies why not and much of your work could become digital, I think it's a very exciting movement. And, you know, as we become more globally connected um, and, you know, anyone can reach us anywhere, why why wouldn't art be digital? Why wouldn't it be online rather than, um, you know, in a gallery somewhere? Um, I don't know if they can use any live streaming technology to do exhibitions. It's not the same as going to an exhibition. But if you want to be a global artist, might you be able to do um, online live stream summit exhibitions and exclusive exhibitions live streamed? That might be another future. I mean, if we're in another lockdown because, you know, we're coming out of a lockdown in the UK. But what's to say we might not have a lockdown 3.0 or 4.0? Who knows? So being ready to pivot and being able to always create art and get it seen and sold without being geographically restricted or like location specific. And then looking at other forms of art. Is, is music a form of art? Well, people are creating NFTs around sounds. Um, I'm talking to someone about possibly making an NFT out of one of my books. So maybe disrupting what we perceive the art forms to be, because I think, you know, art, art that becomes a movement is often either a hybrid or a complete disruption of what is perceived to be art. And using technology for that, it gives you this added element that previous artists have not had. So no. there's some thoughts. Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree. We were, t- we were chatting about this this morning. I said, you know, for me, the, it's so exciting because previously you've got all this I mean, it was so it's this low grade thing of, you know, restaurants going, oh, you can put your art up in our restaurants and decorate. I was like, you don't even need to do that anymore, do you? You can think about doing some sort of surely there's going to be some sort of technology that comes out with these super thin screens that are going to restaurants and hotels and lobbies and corporates can put in their offices. And then you can live stream performance art you know all that art that couldn't have a value on it previously the performative the experiential art which I personally am massive fan of couldn't you it'd be like oh yeah you're experiential you you can't charge us for that well really but well, actually now that's actually more valuable because that can be live streamed onto one of these screens so I hope that someone's out there making these a beautiful beautifully crafted what look like um artworks that will sit on the walls and then you can continually change it and the offices and the restaurants can have all this amazing you could have a live stream someone asked me so a restaurant asked me have you got an artist who can come and graffiti my uh, my restaurant and I was like yeah but you know you really want to do that and but actually you could do that with a massive screen couldn't you you could have like instead of a wall of mirrors you could have a wall an entire wall that is this screen And then you can have anyone you like graffitiing it, and you can ask your patrons who come into the restaurant to contribute to it. I think it's, for me, the future is just so dynamic, as long as you don't think there's a box. Stop worrying about the box. Stand outside, you know. I think that's the thing with Picasso. That's my inspiration from Picasso is he never thought there was a box. He was like, what the hell are you talking about, a box? Don't think about boxes. Just get on with it and just take all of the – preconditioning out of the way all these belief systems out of your way and just think massive think what's the most exciting thing i could possibly do and for me artists that's where they should be thinking you can still make your artwork in your studio you can still do that amazing thing of standing there and smelling the paint. but then you think about what's its life where can this go now on the journey so Yeah, I'm really hoping that some technology people are out there thinking about that because that's not my bag. (laughs) I'm out there helping the artists think about this and make the work ready for when the technology is there. But if anyone wants to talk to me about the technology, I'm more than happy to share my vision. Um, Yeah. So thank you, Rob. I think, you know, we're both on the same wavelength with that. A couple of more questions because we're kind of coming to the end of um, this. Self-care. You've mentioned selfish. Self-care, you know, artists, they, they take a bit of a battering, to be honest, you know, their egos take a bit of a battering in the system that is the elitist system that is currently set up, where you have to pay money, put your work in front of people, and they then go yes or no, and often you never hear anything more about it. What's your, what's your take on that? What do, would you be doing? If you were still working in art, what would you be doing to protect yourself and step aside from that mindset-wise and gratitude and such like?
0: Um, I mean, that's a huge question. So to give you some guidance is to love yourself and love your art and not have what other people think about your art affect how you feel about yourself would probably be the single most important thing because I've grown up as the fattest kid in my year at school. And whilst I got bullied some of the time, it was just, I tormented myself thinking about what I thought about people were saying as much as what they were actually saying. And so I, I developed as a coping mechanism this strong ability to be liked by people and I had a need for that ability to be liked so that I wasn't essentially ostracized but because of that I found it very difficult for much of my life to truly be myself and be disruptive and to be um, unashamedly who I am and to not dilute myself to subordinate to others and as an artist that can be exaggerated because you're putting your heart and soul into your work and so when people judge your work it's like they're stripping away your soul and your soul is vulnerable and naked there for people to judge. So I think the, the think the single biggest thing for self-care is to love yourself and love your art and know that you will hate some of your art and you'll love some of your art. And that's natural. And once it's out in the world, let people judge it and, and detach who you are from their judgment of your art. That would be the single biggest thing, I think, for most artists. Then the next thing would be to... Make sure that you're charging fairly for your work so you're not resenting the world for the lack of money that you're making. Um, it would be to make sure that you persist in getting your art out to the world. So being on all the social media channels, going where the virality is like Clubhouse and TikToks and Reels and you know, hunting out a great agent and hunting out and stalking galleries until they finally take your work and relentlessly persisting in getting your work seen by as many people as possible. And then it would be just to make sure that you've got the practical elements of self-care. You know, are you treating yourself well? Are you resting and recovering? Uh, Be careful not to, you know, be the traditional stereotypical. I've got to struggle. I've got to be in immense pain. I've got to be depressed. I've got to be medicated. I've got to be on drugs to make great art because I don't think that's the case. I mean, all that stuff makes great art because it creates extreme emotions but you can make great art without punishing yourself or being broken. Um, I think that that's a myth that you have to be like that. Uh, And there's some practical things that people can do to take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. you Mm -hmm.
0: You could do some work just for you. So I've got this little, I've got this style I created, which I've never seen anyone do. And I really like it. And I paint on steel. Uh, which most many people don't. Um, And I use a specific shade of blue uh, and it's a very simple piece of work, but I love it. And I don't care if anyone doesn't. And I've commissioned myself or I've painted them for my house or my office. And so sometimes it's nice to do work for you. Only you who cares what anyone else thinks and keep it and then sell it for millions when you're getting older and you're more famous. (laughs)
1: I think that's it, isn't it? It's like you don't always have to do something outward. You can. It's okay. You can do it just for you. You know, you can take time just for you. I love that. And I hope you're going to let me sell. Can I sell some of that? Can I sell some of your the other work you're just doing for you, just for you? We'll talk about yeah, that let, afterwards. Let
0: me um. Let me. We'll talk you about some, that afterwards. Let me send you some pictures. Well, I need to.
1: I need to see some pictures. I think. Uh, I think Rob. I need all Rob's followers to to verify this i think rob needs to get back into his art life and i think i can definitely help you i am your woman to help you get back out there into your art life he literally wants to go and hide in a hole now
0: Now (laughs) no i don't know i get to express myself creative creatively in my podcast and my content and my books and my work i sometimes get a minor itch and then i'm like oh okay well i've got to go and get the steel cut i've got to do this and that I've got to create a studio and oh, I'm not that bothered. I know one day I'll wake up and I'll do it. And I think the longer I wait, the more it'll be worth. Um, but I have just had an idea, actually, while we've been on this live, cause I've got a sloping ceiling. I've got a, a home studio here. Um, let me show you. Oh no, it might, the audio might cut out because I'm plugged in, but I've got this home studio music room. There's this sloping ceiling and I've just had a vision for a piece of work there. But if you That's want- awesome. if you, If you want me to, I'll send you some videos of a few of my pieces.
1: I want you to, I want you to, because I think that, you know, your art art needs to be out there, needs to be out there. And people need to be able to see all of you because what's that quote? That's that quote about living, you know, living your whole self, isn't it? It's like live your whole self because living someone else's life is really flipping exhausting. So live, live your life. I can't remember what the full quote is, but you hear it quite a lot, don't you? And, I think people need to see your art, Rob. And I know one other person who's working on metal. She's called Rosie. Um, I can't remember her surname, but I have shown her work before. And it's really awesome. And she kind of scratches. She gets, she gets pieces of um, salvaged metal. So you know that corrugated. And then she scratches into that. That would look awesome on your ceiling. You could paint it. Thank you so much. Any last, like, top tips that you think artists need to know?
0: Um, I think creating an identity of your art, you know, some of the artists that are well known, you know, obviously they have very famous series. So is there something that you could create that's you and everyone would know it's you and it's like a little style that you own, like your favourite bands that's
1: brand that's brand isn't it so brands yeah. and marketing is really I mean obviously I've got a brands background so I'm completely obsessed with brands and artists we call that the, uh, the hand of the artist so you can see the hand of the artist in it so yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're looking at a sculpture a painting whatever's done by that artist you can see and that's with Picasso you can see you could show you four pieces and you'd be able to pick out the Picasso pieces because there's the hand of the artist which is the artist brand yeah. And absolutely, branding is important for an artist to understand. Yeah, I completely, 100% agree with you. And marketing is, really, what is the well, – what is that you say about marketing? You've got a saying about marketing. I love your sayings. Okay. So, go on, tell us.
0: What's your marketing saying? I mean, you might be talking in where I say that marketing is the single most important function of any business. So if you're a good artist and you're a terrible marketer – then you're probably not a great professional artist. You might be a good technical artist, but not a professional one who makes money. Um, so one more thing I would add to the, the brand or the hand of, of the artist um, would be to tell great stories through your art and make people feel something. So I'm wearing an Alexander McQueen jacket here, which is they it, his signature is this sort of holster heart. Well, they call it a harness. Um, And there's a fantastic documentary on him called McQueen. And he brought death and skulls and darkness into his art form. And he had a very unique style. And he said that, look, I don't really care if you like me or you hate me, but I really want you to feel something. And I think your art should create emotions and make people feel something because people will... Easily forget what you told them, but never forget how you made them feel. And if your art can create emotions and feelings, just like your service in the business, then I think you're on something there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The narrative, the story. That's something that, you know, we really um, I learned when I was doing my learning my ten thousand hours of learning when i was in business when i worked at coke i mean god they know they knew how to nail a story didn't they that was you know something that i learned really early on because you bring you bring people along on the journey and they get emotionally attached to it and they and it has a future it gives them kind of a hope that there's something else coming along and with our collectors that's what we have that they are like what's the next thing please show us something else they're there waiting so yeah if you've got a lovely emotional journey within your art within your art practice then yeah perfect thank you so much thank you i am looking forward to receiving some images of your artwork through and i love listening to you on clubhouse and anyone who's watching and isn't on clubhouse look out for an invite or we've got some invites if anyone wants one you can dm 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 us on instagram and we're happy to share some invites with you because i think that's one of the top things i would say um, one of the top tips I would give to artists is, you know, embrace all these opportunities that these new social media platforms, this new digital world is offering you. And don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I just heard Rob on Clubca- Clubhouse, realised he was an artist. He was so giving so much good business advice. I was like, well, I want to talk to Rob. Why can't I just do Which I did. I just DM'd you and you were like, yeah, yeah, speak to I think it was Katie. And, uh, and she organised it all. Don't ask, don't get. Um, so I'm hoping that everybody who's been listening on Rob's channel has found something out about art and is interested and maybe wants to come and have a look at the Pure Arts Group website and see what we do because there's lots of art for sale on there as well as lots of things to learn for artists. And anyone who's um, in our audience who's been listening and has found what Rob has to say interesting, there's, he has got how many books? 19?
0: Well, my 18th comes out now. So I put a little link there, robsbook.club. It's called Opportunity. It's my 18th book. It's out now. And there's some nice bonuses that you can get at that link there on the screen. So get that one first and then you'll find all my others if you like my style.
1: Yeah, it is about, you know, finding your tribe, isn't it? Find your tribe, find the people that resonate with you. And hopefully lots of people, or we know in our tribe, you know, we've got lots of people who resonate with our learning and our opportunities that we put out there. And um, there's lots of free stuff. So go to our website and there's lots of free stuff. Thank you so much, Rob Moore. I've really enjoyed it. really enjoyed chatting to you and listening to your take on the world. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to receiving some images of your art.
0: Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.